0: we pray some more this is going to require you to do this okay just pray with me all right i uh was so struck by the song lord because i just think about old flames being like old manna and uh i just would love it can we just as a body just call out the old flames that we're just going to lay down in in place of new flames can somebody just pray that out what's old flames that you just want to lay down Thank you, God. Yeah. Performance, self-dependence, self-reliance. What else? Looking for you to do new ways, Lord. The old ways are great, and we thank you for them, but you're doing a new thing. old encounters and old experiences hearkening back to what happened then instead of what you're doing right now, this second. Yeah, we just raise our level, Lord, of expectation. Thank you. So, God, we just, we see it. You see it. You've known it. And we see it, too, in this moment. And so in the presci- pressing and in the crushing, make new wine. And we look to you, God, that you make all things beautiful in its time. And so even, even old ways of thinking about how you owe us something, and we've maybe missed you. We've missed your goodness because we were complaining because it didn't turn out the way we thought. That's, we just lay that down, Lord. And we we know you're good, and we're looking for you. We're looking for your goodness in the middle of the crushing, in the middle of the pressing. Some some of you just need to say that to the Lord. I'm looking for you in the middle of this pressing, in the middle of this crushing. I will not take my eyes off your goodness, off your face, because there's something beautiful going to come out of me, and that's your hope. That's my hope, God. You're my hope. You don't waste anything. You just don't waste anything. Yeah, we just love you. More than our love for you, God, we just receive your love. Your love's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. Yeah. all right i'm gonna start in john 11 and i'm just gonna touch on that for a minute because i have some place i want to go it's so funny that lee prayed about grave clothes resurrection power and grave clothes Uh, i've just been brewing on lazarus it seems like for a month and a half now (coughs) and I really just want to ask you some questions out of that story and uh, the death of Lazarus (coughs) and I have just so that you can see my paper I have like the NIV because that's the version that I know but I also have the Passion Translation uh, because of just some funny jump out kind of languaging change so that's what I'm going to (coughs) do so it's talking about um, you know this story I think most of you that Mary who anointed Jesus and Martha, Mary Martha Jesus loved them and their brother Lazarus they were there and heard that um, word came to Jesus that Lazarus was sick and, um, and he says he stayed verse 6 chapter 11 verse 6 that he stayed where he was for two more days and <clears throat> then Jesus up and said um, in verse 4 um, in the passion translation it says this um when jesus heard this he said this sickness will not end in death for lazarus but will bring glory and praise to god this will will reveal the greatness of the son of god by what takes place okay so let me read this in a translation that you may be more familiar with this sickness will not end in death no it is for god's glory so that god's son may be glorified through it I just want to give you questions as we're going through this. And so I guess my first question is, is when you go through hardship, do you look for the glory of God? Is that your first place? What's your starting point when something, oh, this person's sick, oh, this bad thing happened, oh, and it's like this concept of coming back to the Lord and going, looking for the glory of God to be revealed in that hardship. Are you tracking with me so far? So then it goes on, and then Jesus says, come, it's time to go. Um, uh, and then I want to jump over to verse, oh, this is hilarious, sorry, verse 11. Um, Jesus went on to tell them, Jesus says, saying to the disciple, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And The disciples being clueless, like us, going, oh, well, maybe he needs to sleep because if you're sick, your body really needs sleep. And so it says this. He says, so then Jesus told them plainly, like, okay, dense ones. Hello, hello. He tells them plainly, Lazarus is dead, all right? And for your sake, I'm glad um, that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So my second question for you is, how does Jesus, how does the God of the universe Via your problems. Because he's saying, he's falling asleep. Let's go wake him up. That, that is just like a beautiful summation of the God of glory when he's looking at our problems. Because we're going, this is unbelievable. This is completely dead. You don't seem to understand. Lord's going, he's falling asleep. We need to go wake him up. When you get a God that's big enough, your problems get smaller. Do you understand? Did you hear what I said? When you get a God that's big enough your problems get smaller. So then going through on forward, then they come into this hole where they're actually together. Um, (laughs) I just love this. Martha is distressed. Mary is distressed. And Jesus says to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing me will never die. Do you believe this? And I want to stop with this whole concept. This is the first time that Jesus has spoken this, and he's spoken it to to Martha and said, I am the resurrection. There's a whole new way that's getting ready to come on the scene. The game has completely changed. You've lived under rules and regulations and orders and I have to do this to make it right and I'm trying to make God happy and I I can't pay for my sin so I'm constantly trying to get blood to cover my sin and atone for my sin because I can't ever seem to get away from my sin and I send it out of the camp and I go through all these rituals and offerings trying to make myself right with God and Jesus is going, all that's getting ready to change. Because I'm getting ready to do something that you could not have imagined on your own. You could even have pulled it off, even if you had thought of it, and I'm getting ready to change the game because there's a whole new covenant. And we've taught about this in weeks past. But then she says this very interesting thing because he asks her specifically in verse 26, six, Do you believe this? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. So you could change the what would that be, the articles and make that a pronoun. I am your resurrection. And I am your life. Do you believe this? And her response in verse 27 is Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is come into the world. And then she went back and called her sister. That's a great question for you. Do you, will you believe it? Because when you say yes to the God of resurrection power, you open this door and everything changes. And so many of us are standing, we talked about this at the, um, at the retreat, and I can't, I don't know if you women have replayed this scene, I just can't get over that, standing on the edge of breakthrough. Like standing right here at the door, standing on the edge of breakthrough. Uh, that's just dependent on, the door's already unlocked. It's already open. And all that's required of me is, standing on the edge of breakthrough. And there was even one time in prayer where we just stood together and we literally just pushed through the door. Do you all remember this? and women remember this? I believe that something shifts in the heavenlies. I believe that something, something shifts inside our internal spiritual being when we push through the breakthrough into yes. And I'm, some of you, it's yes into salvation. Yes, I believe. You are my resurrection. You are my life. That's a part for some here. But some of us are standing on the edge of more of life with God, and he, we think we're waiting on him, but he's waiting on us. Can I get an amen on that? And some of you have gone into deeper waters. You know that every time you said yes, he took you a little further. Amen? And he showed you a little more, and he gave you more of himself, and he showed up for you in a greater way because you just kept saying yes and yes and yes, and he was delighted to give you a yes back. So, do you believe do you believe and then she's saying martha is you know she's trying to continue to paint the reality for jesus hey it's so bad that there's a bad odor and then jesus turns around completely not concerned with the stench right he has a human nose it's not like he doesn't get it right but he said did i not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of god if you're looking for sin management If you're looking for a God who is going to help you get rid of your sin and make you feel better about you, he will give you that. If you want a nickel's worth of Jesus, he will give you a nickel's worth of Jesus, if that's all you can believe for. But every time that Jesus is talking throughout the New Testament, he's talking about one thing, the glory of God, the glory of God, the kingdom is here, the glory of God. This is a whole new reality that is being ushered in. So did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? And I'd like to just ask some of you, do you need to raise your sights just a little bit about what does it mean when the glory of God is revealed on the earth right now today in little old Knoxville, Tennessee? Because that's happening. I just, Charlotte, I don't want to put you on this. Is this the couple that was in the wreck and all that mess and the ambulance story? Okay, good. Because I was just sitting in worship going, oh my gosh, they're just like standing right here. So I was trying to remember that. So it's like I'm thinking about the stories that just the glory of God, even in this little, we've been doing this for a year, the glory of God that we've been pressing in to pray for one another and watching for deliverance and watching for healing. I don't know, I don't think she's here this morning. Jessica and I are playing for a pregnant mom whose pregnancy was at risk because of fibroids. And so we just asked that God would take those fibroids away and shrink them so that the baby would be able to be carried to term. And then she went back to the doctor, and I think she had five at one time when she started and now she was down to one or two and they were like a quarter of the size do you understand what i'm saying her baby is being carried perfectly to term you know we prayed for that baby back there being born because it was having such a hard time it's like we're going after the glory of god not playing church and just going well hope i hope i have a good week no i want to see god's glory be revealed how about you it's like i'm going after the big stuff i think you are too it's like there's there's got to be more to god because what's the point? you know what I mean? Like, really? I could go watch a good movie. Do you, do you understand? Can, do you understand what I'm saying? If we're just going to do entertainment, then let's go watch a good movie. But if we're going to, after the kingdom being transformed and our lives being changed and God being doing something here on the earth, then let's go after the glory of God. Sorry, I'm just like, I can just feel myself just getting all worked up. Can you hear it? I'm just like, ah, <sighs> I just got to breathe. It just, it's he's so good. You know, we did this exercise and I have, I did this exercise in a class the other day during worship and just asked them to consider what heaven sounded like when we were doing worship. And some of the women were shut down, like they just went, I don't think I can even do that, I don't think I can do that, I'm going, give yourself permission to consider heaven all the time, give yourself permission to do that, because if we could see through the mirror you know clearly we would understand that heaven is like a veil away do you understand heaven's all around us heaven is working and moving he's moving in the unseen ways and we get to tap into that it's just really so amazing so the last thing i just want to tell you about this is the rest of the story that you probably know is he says take away the stone and for some of you you need to just echo that prayer in your own heart take away the stone lord take away the stone Take away the stone that's in front of my heart that's keeping me from seeing you, who you really are. And Jesus isn't going to be put off by your bad odor uh, because he's about his glory being revealed. And then he says to him, he calls Lazarus by name. And I know that you've probably heard this before, but I just love the sound of it. I love saying this out loud, that Jesus had to call Lazarus by name because if he had just said, come out, the whole graveyard would have come out. This is the kind of power that we're talking about, right? You just let your mind just think about that. So when Jesus calls you, Jana, come out. Laura, come out. Chuck, come out it's like with this resounding power that you're like going, oh God, I have to respond. And even though I'm all bound up and even though I don't even know what to do this, I hear the voice of the one who loves me and I have to respond. And what I love about this picture was Lazarus is he didn't come bouncing out of the grave. Just like what Lee said, he has resurrection power that has now surging through his entire body and he's still bound up in grave clothes because Jesus says to those around him, take off his grave clothes. So some of us need to understand the beauty of true loving community is that we expect God to call you back out to love and to life and we get to be the honored ones to take off the grave clothes. Instead of trying to act like we have to be all perfect in Christian circles, we know we have grave clothes and we get to be the ones to take off the grave clothes off each other. It's the beauty of community. It's very powerful. It's a very powerful picture. So let me to the question I going to tell you. These are hard questions, but why stop now? <laughs> Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? <clears throat> Jesus is not a recovery model. He's not the new AA. He's not the new opiate fix. He's not the new, you know, porn reliever. Do you understand? He's not the new, he's not a recovery model. He is a miracle maker. So it, you do well to consider him that he is a miracle maker and that's what he does best and chuck and i just celebrated our 27th anniversary and we just sat across the table and just went don't nobody nowhere no how can tell me that he's not a god of miracles and those of you who've been walking with me for any amount of time go oh yeah that is a freaking miracle amen because it should not have happened it should not have happened and yet, here we have resurrection power that's come in, and we had a couple of years of taking off grave clothes, but man, we are running now because we have heard the voice of love. So, do you need a miracle, or are you trying to get a band-aid? Because he's in the miracle business. Are you walking with him? Are you waiting for him? So many of us have promises of God, but we're trying to run on ahead of him, and there's a wonder-working power. And there's three things. Chuck just rolled this out. I know I said a little bit of this at the retreat, but it just keeps rolling around in my spirit. Chuck was saying something to Karis, and he just rolled out these three sentences. And I'd like for you to write them down because I have answers to these questions. He said all of us in his professional world and spiritual world, all of us are asking three questions. Am I okay? (coughs) Do I belong? Am I worthy of love? All three of us are asking those questions all the time, no matter what age, what stage. You've got middle schoolers, high schoolers back here, yeah. And then you've got gray hairs over here, and we can all attest, we're all asking those three questions. Am I okay? Do I belong? Am I worthy of love? Am I okay? Do I belong? Am I worthy of love? And I would like to suggest to you that this passage Hebrews 10 is answering every one of those questions because Hebrews 10 is coming back and telling you that we can come back to the Lord boldly and with no hesitation because we are so okay and that we belong with him in heavenly places because of the blood because we've been sprinkled with his blood and that he's saying that he has we've come closer with an open heart fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him And so, verse 23, we cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises, and that we belong and we're worthy of love because Jesus picked us. He picked us on purpose. He picked us for a purpose, and he picked us on purpose. So then here are three words um, to kind of, three thoughts to kind of answer those questions. Am I okay? It's you getting your power back from people that have sabotaged you. We've talked about this so much, but when you say, I'm okay, you've given someone else their, your power, because someone else has given you their approval instead of this way. It's like you want the Lord to be the one that makes that answer. So many of us, I, I just keep hearing, we have been talking about insecurity, but lately the conversation about insecurity has been morphing into comparison all over the place in Christian and the non-Christian circles, we're constantly looking left and right, trying to figure out, am I okay? Am I okay? Uh, I kind of look a little different. I kind of act a little, am I okay? Like, uh, am I okay? Because I'm comparing myself here. And it's a no-win game. It's like, do you all remember the story of the women? It's like like the clay people asking other clay people, am I okay? But you have to go back to the maker. I'll tell you a hundred billion times. That's what I don't know if all of you were singing those songs. If you're kind of stuck with the Lord, if you're kind of needing to break through with the Lord, go back and play that song and look at the lyrics and memorize it and let that be your anthem because that is the gospel of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from science to psychology. Every way that the brain tries to think about God, that's your answer because they've just summed it up beautifully in one song a hundred billion times. So getting your power back, understanding that, You are a powerful person. You yourself, if you have said yes to Jesus, you yourself are full of resurrection power. And that you have everything you need because of him, because of life. What's that great verse? God has given everything we need for life and godliness according to his power that is at work within us. Let me slow down. You know how you have to say scriptures really fast. (laughs) For God has given us everything we need according to his. Mm, I just lost it. See, I have to say it really fast. What is it, Chuck? That's not the same thing I said. I like my version better. <laughs> wait, wait, where is it? Just tell us where it is. Hold on. If he's going to give us something on the fly, let's go find it. New wine, right? Wait, Second Peter got what? Okay, read it out loud, real loud. Yeah. Divine nature. See, how do, you, how do you sit in church and talk about sin management, trying to get yourself shined up and spit clean when the Lord's talking about define, divine nature? He's talking about glory and divine nature and the spirit-filled life and resurrection power, and we're sitting here trying to go, are you mad at me because I did that? You need a bigger God. You need to see God for who he really is. So get your power back. Get your focus back on who the Lord has given you. Do I belong? Good community will answer that question. I'm not talking about playing church where you go in, you come out, nobody even knows your name, nobody knows what's going on with your life, but community where I know you and you know me, and I love you even though. Chuck and I have been talking about this whole concept, and I don't know, I guess it's burning on my heart because we're going somewhere as a church. It's like learning how to love the unlovelies. Do you know what I mean? Love the unlovelies. It's easy to love the hip and cool and popular and that they're outgoing and they're, they're this and they talk right and all this, but loving the unlovelies that rub us the wrong way and we don't understand and we think they're a little weird and you're kind of off and, God, I hate it when you do that, loving those people. Because all of us are that person to someone else. Does this make sense? I had this one woman who, it, this is a, I'm just going to tell myself, the, the Lord brought this woman in several years ago and I just went oh wow okay that was my first response to her because she's just like really chatty and she goes off on about all this stuff and like I would be doing something and I had to go do this and 15 minutes later I was still talking to her so the Lord went I brought her here for a reason I want you to love on her she's going to change you too and I'm going okay so then about fast forward about four years she gives this testimony um, how did she say it <clears throat> she said because you know Sometimes we all irritate each other and we're just completely unaware because I just can't even imagine that I would be annoying to somebody, but I bet that I really bug people the way I talk all the time. And I'm just like going, Oh my gosh, she doesn't even know she does it. Do you know what I mean? And the Lord just spoke to me in that minute. He goes, No one does. None of us see how we carry silliness or brokenness or irritation, and we just want people to love us. Like, just look past all that stuff because I'm really worth loving. Am I worthy of love? The answer is yes. So what happens in community when all of our uh uh-uhs start bumping up to each other and we we peel off instead of going, man, the greater the uh uh-uh, maybe the greater I need to press in because he's making new wine out of me. Amen? In the pressing, in the crushing, God's making new wine in me, which leads me to that am I worthy of love? The Lord just spoke to me so clearly about the word reciprocity. Reciprocity. He said, Jenna, from now on, every time you meet someone, here's what's going to happen. You're going to challenge them, and they're going to challenge you. And you're going to change them, and guess what? They're going to change you. Because reciprocity is about us coming, both of us carrying the love of God, both of us carrying the power of God, and he's just going to form and reform and polish and shine until we shine like diamonds we shine like stars in this dark and perverse generation so it's really important that we understand am i okay go get your power back and let the lord carry your resurrection name and your power do i belong community and the love of god is built for that and am i worthy of love of course you are and being loved and loving others that reciprocity is what makes that get rooted so firm in your own heart so i want to tell you this experience that i had at the retreat And it just was so, it's just been stunning for me. I was, um, one phrase, God's promises are not intended to make you sick and miserable. God's promises are not intended to make you sick and miserable. We have people, I've done it, you do it, we're tempted to do it. God gives us something, he gives us a word, he gives us a hope he gives us a godly desire, and then we're waiting on it, and it falls down, and we're being pressed, and we're being crushed, and it's not working the way we thought. And so then we start whining and complaining and be, not believing and spiraling out of control. <clears throat> we get shut down and shut out. And I was at this retreat, and I just said, God, these women are just so upset, and they're so shut down. And that's when he said that my promises are not supposed to make you sick and miserable. Which leads me to the next question. Question, Who's stealing that from you? Who's stealing? Who's attempting to steal the promise of God from your heart? Who's doing that? Is it you? Is it the enemy? Have you allowed someone else to be louder? So I've been told on this property, I'm walking around this little creek area, and there's this like running water, and there's a pond with a fountain, and I'm just having a blast, and I've got hearts, and me and the Lord just awesome. But I've heard from the owner that there's a lake down the way, and I stand at the, At the top of the hill, I'm going. I have no idea how far that lake is, and the Lord's like going, "Why don't you come find out?" There's your promise. There's a lake down the way. What's your promise down the way, right? So I start walking down there, and at first my my brisk is pretty paced. you know. I'm walking, and then I'm like going. I keep going around a turn. I keep going. I'm going. How far is this? And then I'm going. What if it's like a pond? That's a pond. That's not a, like I'm doing this whole verbal conversation. What if it's not really where, and the Lord's going, I told you there's a lake down here. So you can either enjoy the trip to it, or you can miss it because you got your head down complaining. Does this sound like anybody you know? Oh, this is so hard. I hope this is worth it. Oh, I don't even know. Can you hear yourself? Can you hear, I can hear myself. Can you hear yourself? So the Lord said, why don't you pick your face up and start looking for my beauty as you're going toward the destination look for my beauty as you're going toward the destination so then I start looking around and I start seeing all these critters and I slow down long enough I'm going I don't even know what kind of tree that is and oh I think that that's blooming already and I'm just like meandering down there and as I come down it's not a pond it's a huge lake and I come out there and I'm going wow it is so much more than I expected Selah, he's a glory of God kind of God. And I come out there, and I first start to stand on the shore, although it has this, like, floating dock. Am I saying that right? Is that a floating dock? You know, because it was moving. So then you're, like, kind of going, oh, this feels a little bit like walking on water. And I swear I thought I heard the Lord laugh, and I'm pretty good at that part, too. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm going out there, and you can just feel it. I mean, like, you can just feel it. It's moving, and you're going... And so I walk out to the very edge, and the Lord said, what do you see? And I said, there is a piece of dead stick just floating on the water. He goes, is it going anywhere? No, it's not. He goes, this is what most people, including me, spend their life looking at. Oh, there's a piece of dead stick sitting in that floor. Oh, so I don't know what I'm going to do about that stick. Instead of just going, you're walking on water, and if you'll just look out and go, I'm going to take care of that stick, but what are you focusing on? I said, then the Lord said, I just want you to start singing. So first I started going, (coughs) holy, holy. I said, sing. Sing like you mean it. So at the top of my lungs, I just started singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, my song will rise to thee. And next thing I know is that the water is rippling. Now, I know it's not my voice. It's because I'm moving on the buoy in the natural. Do you understand? But in the spirit, the Lord said, your worship ripples. It's a ripple effect. And when you worship, you change things and your worship goes on forever. Where do you think your worship goes? Do you know what I mean? It's like we think about in the natural, we do something with something, but our worship goes somewhere and it changes things. And then you look down at that stick and that stick is moving now because of the worship. Do you get this picture? Do you see the beauty of God? That our response is, you are a resurrection power God, and your power lives inside of me. And when I say what you say, then things change here. And I just need to hear myself say that out loud again. When I say what you say, then things change down here. Can we just say that out loud together? When I say what you say, then things change down here. Amen. Amen. Amen, God. Would that be so? When I say what you say, then things change down here. That your kingdom is here, and it's right now, and it's for me, and your love is for me, and it is for us, and there's not any lack on your part, God. None whatsoever. Amen. So let me just finish this one thought about the Lord going, I would really like it. If you would just enjoy the journey expecting my glory at every turn. So even when you're walking back up from the lake and walking up is a little bit harder than walking down, it's still just that look for me, Jana, look for the beauty. I see this little red salamander. I see 500 billion hearts. I see all this stuff just like enjoy me as you're doing your life because I'm here everywhere. And then the last thing I just want to tell you is that just something the Lord's brought to my heart and I think I'm going to save the rest of this for later Mm. (sighs) if you think that god is going to run out if you think god's going to run out of love or that he's going to give somebody else more than he's able to give you you're never going to approach him if you look because see here's the thing in comparison games and something good happens to somebody, the reason that you're comparing is because you're afraid there's not enough left over for you. And there's enough love for everybody. There's enough grace for everybody. And let me just try to give you this one droplet. And I'm going to come back to this some other time. The difference between grace and favor is God's grace falls on us all. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. We see evidence of God's grace all the time. So you don't even have to go, oh, it's God's grace toward me. The grace of God has now appeared to all men. Do you know this verse? The next time you hear it going, oh, I don't know if God's grace for me, you need to go find that verse. For the grace of God has appeared to all men and women. You're done. He's appeared to all. You don't ever have to question that. God's grace has appeared to all men, including you, and all women, including you. So God's grace is for us. And here's the beautiful thing about grace is this is the word that the Lord told me the other day. I said, people seem confused about grace. And he said, it's because they think grace is a certificate instead of a resource A certificate, I have God's grace and it sticks on my wall and it means absolutely nothing. I have God's grace, it doesn't mean anything, but I got it on my wall, there you go. As opposed to a reservoir, we likened it to a nursing mom. Her baby is hungry and so she feeds her baby and immediately her body is preparing because she knows her baby's going to be hungry again and she cares that her baby is going to be hungry again. So she and her body are actively working at all time to feed her baby. Do you get this picture? That is the most beautiful picture of El Shaddai, God being the many-breasted one. I will feed you. I will care for you because I have the love of a mother. I have the love of a father. I know what it means to love my children. This is That's God's grace. And then God's favor you're going to have to fight this one out with the Lord. But it says he surrounds us with favors with a shield. That's a favor. It's a thing he gives to those whose hearts are toward him. I want more of you, God. Oh, it's my delight to give you my favor because you're running hard after me. And people go, God's not talking to me. Great, you have God's grace. you got God's grace all the time, right? Oh, I don't know if i oh, He didn't come for me. Oh, okay, God's grace is there because he's going, huh. And then there's the ones that are going, God, just... More, please, just in my brokenness, in my grave close, please, God, give me more. I just need more. He's going, Here's my favor. Because he loves to be those, loves to be near to those who are near to him. Do you get this picture that I'm trying to explain for you? The favor of God is a tangible, real thing that is yours. We talked about this on Thursday. It's not a question of you asking too much of God, it's a question about you asking too little. Are you asking too little of this God who has resurrection power? I have two more pages. I'm going to stop there. So can you just put your hand on your heart? Let's just do some business right now. God, I'm so, and I believe your heart is so opposed to spectator Christianity. That Jesus, you have called us to draw near. You came near to us every day, every moment you come near to us. And all you ask from us is a yes, so maybe you could just whisper that again. Yes, Lord, yes, I just say yes to you again. In whatever state I'm in, I say yes to you again, believing that you will respond. As surely as the rising of the dawn, you will respond to us, O God. And so I bless us. We say thank you for your grace. Thank you that we're breathing. Thank you that we're alive. Thank you that you have provided everything that we have. We came in here with nothing, and everything we have has come by your hand. Thank you for that grace. Thank you for the salvation that you have given to us. Thank you that you have appeared to all men. And Lord, now we we receive your favor. This is the year of your favor, and we don't want to leave anything on the table. So maybe you just need to take a minute. I'm sorry that I haven't asked you for enough, God. I've been afraid of you. I've been embarrassed. I've been disappointed in myself I think you're disappointed in me and I just shake all that off because you said right here in Hebrews that I could boldly come to you I could boldly approach your throne of grace I can come to you because of what you did Jesus so I just bless these people Lord Jesus with boldness to approach your grace and expect to find you on your throne full of mercy full of kindness lavish Lord lavish I, I bless them with an expectation from a lavish God And I just bless them with the boldness to rise up and go, Jesus, you didn't waste one drop of blood for me. So I share inheritance with you. Thank you, Lord, for this reality. It's almost too much. It's just scandalous, honestly. It's scandalous. I also just want to speak healing. I think that there's places that need healing emotionally, physically, relationally. We just speak healing, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I love that picture. Just say the name of Jesus. (laughs) We just release that power in this room, Jesus. Because you're worth it every time. You're worth it every time, Lord. You're worth it every time. And we love you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right. If you'll give me just a moment, I want to just give you a quick update about. Um, I have some pictures. Uh, keep it. I think maybe. I don't know. <coughs>